a small number of uh, religious communities, specific uh, churches, specific synagogues, are unfortunately not paying attention to this guidance, even though it's been so widespread. So I want to say uh, to all those who are preparing uh, the potential of religious services this weekend, if you go to your synagogue, if you go to your church and attempt to hold services after having been told so often not to, uh, our enforcement agents will have no choice but to shut down those services. There is something so chilling to hear any person in authority in America saying those words, uh, no less the mayor of New York City. He went on to say that further infractions would result in the permanent closure of places of worship. We're hearing similar language coming from the governor of Virginia. Can they do that? How can they do that? Kristen Wagner is the senior vice president of the U.S. Legal Division and Communications with Alliance Defending Freedom. And, well, uh, Kristen Wagner, this is right up your alley over at Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, you answer those questions. Can they do that? They absolutely cannot. They cannot use a crisis to permanently curtail religious freedom and permanently shut churches down. It violates the First Amendment, and it harms our communities, especially in times of crisis. Okay, so what about temporarily then? Uh, it, under what authority does a governor or a mayor, in the case of de Blasio, under what authority can they even temporarily shut down a place of worship? Well, there's a, a doctrine that we follow in the courts in terms of what our free exercise of religion is and how it plays out. They can't burden religion, telling churches that they can't meet certainly burdens religion, but they can... X put some burdens on religion when there's a really important reason to do so. In the law, we call it a compelling reason of the highest order. And the state, even when they have that really important reason, they need to be able to establish there's no better way to do it or no, no more narrow way to do it than what they're proposing. Well, and that's, has this been challenged then? Uh, and I think I'm asking the right people because that's what you do. You challenge these things. Uh, if, 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 for instance, they say you can't assemble ten or more, you know, the church I go to seats several hundred. If they had fifty people in there, everyone could keep their distance and still worship. Why shouldn't that be allowed? Well, again, this is, what we're looking at, we are getting close to a hundred inquiries a day on this crisis, um, and many of them are from people of faith and religious organizations. And what we're telling them is. First of all, we need a spirit of cooperation on both sides. Public officials have the right and the responsibility to protect public health and safety, but they also have the right and responsibility to protect First Amendment rights, and those don't go away even in a time of crisis. So we're looking at individual orders on a case-by-case basis, and we're checking them to say, are they consistent? Do they target churches or treat them differently than similarly situated organizations or gatherings? And the second critical piece is, is it clear they're temporary in nature? And then the third is, what kind of punishment are they seeking to impose? Because if we're talking about releasing criminals to the public but threatening pastors with jail time, something's askew here. So we do want to be vigilant about First Amendment rights, but we also need to cooperate with reasonable requests in a time of a crisis like this. No one has been as uh, sort of uh, defiant and in your face of our right to worship and churches staying open than the uh, the mayor of New York. I played that audio for you. Mm-hmm. Has Alliance Defending Freedom actually uh, taken action or put any sort of uh, legal wheels in motion there in New York City? 
if the mayor tries to take steps that are unconstitutional, you can bet that we will. Um, and we have had success in other jurisdictions where we've had governors or local officials that have overstepped their bounds. And the right way we feel to approach that is to send a letter and to say, hey, did you know this isn't consistent in how you're applying it? Hey, did you know you, you can't do it this way or this is unclear? You need to clarify it. And we found officials to be fairly responsive when we send those letters. We're speaking with Kristen Wagner. She's the senior vice president over at Alliance Defending Freedom, where we're talking about uh, one of the concerns that a lot of people have with these uh, shutdown orders, stay-at-home orders, call them what you will, and that has to do with places of worship. Uh, a restaurant is very different, Kristen Wagner, uh, than a church or a synagogue or a temple or what have you. Th- there is a, a, a higher bar to cross here, isn't there, legally, considering our First Amendment rights? Considering, I mean, we just talk about Virginia. I mean, the, the Jamestown settlement was settled for people who wanted to exercise their faith freely. It's the reason Virginia exists. Shouldn't they have to cross a higher bar here and make a stronger case before just shutting them down, as the governor has done, till June 10th, for crying out loud? Well, in, in Virginia, and the June 10th deadline is, is somewhat curious to me, but uh, I think yeah. you're absolutely right. They do have a higher bar under the Constitution um, than they would in many other realms. And we need to realize that religion and, and exercises of religion in the form of worship, that's not like going to a ball game. Uh, some people, for some people, their religion is a central part of their life and core to their spiritual and emotional and physical well-being. And and to that and let's talk about that deadline for a moment because it it does I I'm going to talk to the chairman of the Republican Party coming up in the next hour I don't want to drag you into party politics here but in general on things like this especially when it comes to exercising our First Amendment rights and our and our religious rights as you are so hyper focused on at Alliance defending freedom it seems like it would be the more prudent and measured way to go to sort of have a you know every week at a time when it comes to churches when it comes to to places of worship, maybe a one-week window or a two-week window, and then we reevaluate. It seems rather draconian, does it not? It does, and the Constitution itself recognizes the unique role that religion plays in our daily lives and in our country, and it also recognizes, I think, the role that we play in local communities to serve our communities in times of crisis. So we are monitoring these to make sure that they're reasonable in nature, that they're responsive uh, to a true crisis, And we are calling on officials, including Virginia's governor, to put aside his political and ideological differences to work together. No one should be taking advantage of a crisis for their own purposes. The other aspect of this, by the way, also, I I think that, again, I I understand the public safety aspects of this. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not being hypercritical of that. You know, if you have a very small place of worship and and to put 30 people in the room would, would... could only be accommodated if everyone's crammed together, that's a problem. But not only should the facilities be taken into account and the size of those facilities, but also the region. You know, what's good for for Fairfax and Arlington might not apply to Blacksburg. The, the Commonwealth of Virginia is a very large place with very different dynamics. Are there people in other areas of Virginia? And I'm, I'm just pointing out Virginia because Northam has been pretty specific and it's all the way through June 10th. But, but can people... How can people challenge this? Will you be able to take up challenges? Can they reach Alliance Defending Freedom and say, listen, we have enough space. We we can worship outside, but we want to be able to worship. What can people do? 
Well, again, our approach has been we're going to look at each order as it comes because, you know, there's even problems with local officials issuing orders that are contradicting what the state orders are. And the biggest problem we have right now is people don't understand what the law is, what officials are asking them to do. You have a case there in Baltimore, Maryland, that I think uh, where a pastor was confused about the Maryland order. So uh, I think the first thing is asking for clarity. We have the right to ask our officials to clarify what it is they're asking us to do. And I would urge the first inclination shouldn't be to civil disobedience. It should be to a spirit of cooperation and asking for clarity and asking them to comply with the First Amendment right out of the gate. All right. Uh, Alliance Defending Freedom sort of has your back on this stuff. And I know that this is something that people have really been questioning and challenging. And I, I love that you wrote an op-ed in the New York Daily News, Kristen Wagner. The headline is great. Sorry, Mayor, you can't close churches permanently. Uh, has there, By the way, has there been any response from the mayor's office? Has he walked back that volatile and uh, atrocious language? I I think he tried a little bit, but it didn't really work. So not I wouldn't say he's done that yet, but he would be absolutely crazy to try to do that. Um, he we would be all over him in terms of a lawsuit, and we would win. You often do. That's why we love talking to you guys because you you kind of defend our most important freedom, our freedom of worship, and uh, you do it very well. Thank you for joining us, Kristen. Thank you. That's Kristen Wagner, Senior Vice President of U.S. Legal Division and Communications with Alliance Defending Freedom.